Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you. Thank you for your presence. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You can be seated if you can. Hallelujah. Tonight I want to talk to you about increasing God's presence in your life. Increasing God's presence in your life. I believe that um, there has been an increase of the presence of God, or there's been an increase in us to the sensitivity to His presence. could be both. I don't think it's one or the other, but it could be both. We know that the Word says that when evil abounds, God's grace abounds even more. So God's grace runs real deep. It runs so deep that it runs ahead of wickedness. Because really what happens is wickedness meets the grace that's already there. Come on, hello. So here's God's grace, then wickedness comes, and then when wickedness increases, God's grace is already, it runs deeper, because God will not be trumped. Amen. Amen. That's right. Our highest height is God's deepest depths, and our deepest depths is God's highest height. Hallelujah. God's highest height is our deepest depths, Our deepest death is God's highest height. Hallelujah. Who can fathom the grace and the mercy of God? Who can understand it? You you can't even put English words. You might be able to say it in tongues, but you can't put English words to the grace and to the mercy of God in which we are under in this dispensation. You see, we're not in the dispensation of judgment. We're in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. We're in the dispensation of grace and mercy. That's the reason why it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. Because if it was the judgment of God that draws people to repentance, then people would begin to think, yep, that's right. He's that religious God that every time you mess up, He's slamming you over the head and He's causing all this kind of stuff. That's a false... that's That's the devil. That's the devil that does that. It's the God of this world that does that. Not the God of heaven and earth in which you and I serve. That's right. It's the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 when he's, the son was coming home and he put a ring on his finger and a robe on his back and killed the fatted calf. That's your heavenly father. Amen. So how is it that we can increase God's presence? Where does it really start? It starts with number one, hunger. Hunger is the key. Spiritual hunger triggers the move of God in your life. In the book of Matthew, chapter 5 and verse 6 says, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, God's ways of doing and being right, for they shall be filled. So it's spiritual hunger. And all of us in this room are at different levels spiritually, different levels of hunger. Um, You know, being in the ministry for 23, almost 24 years now, I've noticed, and in our travels around the world, in in all kinds of churches in the United States, all kinds of churches overseas, mass miracle healing crusades, you can discover 
the hand of God, the right hand of God, which is the right hand of power, moves stronger where there is hunger compared to where there is no hunger. People say, why is it that when you go overseas, we see the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and we see the miraculous when you go and do, do world missions, but in the United States of America, we don't see that type of miraculous thing. Well, not in this church. It happens here, praise God. But I'm just saying as a general kind of theme. Why is it that we don't see that kind of thing? And then people make all kinds of excuses and they say, well, you know, just, you know, we, we have the doctor here in the United States of America and overseas they don't have the doctor so they really have to believe God more for, for you know, that because they don't go to the doctor and we, we can go to the doctor anytime for any kind of ailment. But that's not true. It doesn't matter what doctor you go to, whether it's overseas or not overseas or whether it's an American the thing. It's not that. It's hunger. Why, why do people overseas travel eight days on foot to come to be a meeting with his three days? It's, it's hunger. It's hunger. Because spiritual hunger triggers the move of God. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said that God would seemingly move over a thousand people to touch one hungry heart. It's the hungry. It's the desperate. There are many people touching Jesus that day in the book of Mark chapter 5 with the woman with the issue of blood, but one touched him in hunger, one touched him in desperation, drew on the power of the ministry of the Lord Jesus and received their healing. And other people were touching and they didn't get anything. So it's the hunger. Spiritual hunger triggers the presence of God. We minister the unseen. It is not visible with the human eyes. But it's visible with the human spirit. And it is tangible. I don't think that you can really talk about the anointing. You cannot talk about the presence of God. You cannot talk about it without actually experiencing. The Apostle Paul, who was Saul, prior to the Apostle Paul, could not talk about the tangible manifested presence of God because he never had an encounter with God until he was on the road to Damascus. When he was on the road to Damascus and after he had an encounter, his whole tune changed. He went from killing Christians to now going and saving the lost because he had an encounter with God that radically changed his life. His life was so radically changed that the God changed his name from Saul to Paul. That's a radical encounter. He preached different. He talked different. He would tell his testimony. And I believe that every time he'd tell his testimony, the anointing of God would fall on him like it was when it happened to him on the road to Damascus. So there are several things you can do to begin to increase your, your relationship with the Lord and increase the presence of God. Now, to say that we have to pay a price, there is a price to pay. I, I used to I used to hate it all the time. I hear I hear business people say because you know we went to the Amway meetings and we went to the business meetings with Dale Carnegie and went all these and they, and you would hear the instructor say you have to pay the price. You got to pay. You want success in life, you have to pay the price. I used to I thought pay the price. When do you pay the price? What does it mean? And I, then I heard preachers say, oh, you got to pay the price if you want the anointing of God, you want an increase, you want to see signs, wonders, and miracles, and you want you just got to pay the price. And I, I pay the price. So I went to the the Lord. And I said, what does it mean to pay the price? And he, talk, he spoke to me. Isn't it most amazing? He actually talks to us. Amen. And he said, paying the price is that you're willing to do what others won't do to get what you want. Amen. That you're willing to do what others won't do to get what you want. 
So when everybody else on a Sunday evening is watching 24 or watching Picard or watching Star Trek or watching or going on a Star Trek series, you know, whatever, on Sunday evening, whatever, I, whatever. I, listen, I got a chance to play with Jameson Wins and I didn't know who he was. <laughs> He is, the, he is the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers. I did not know who he was. Jameson, right? Right? Jameson Winston, right? Is that, is that, is that Okay, I didn't know. Who, I, had to have, I had to ask somebody to point him out to me. <laughs> Who's Jameson Winston? He's the guy over there. Where? Where I'm looking at? He's the tall, skinny guy with the red shirt. Oh, oh, okay. It, that's like when Benny Hinn's son, he said, uh, Dad, could you take me to the Lakers and Lakers game? And he's like, Lakers? Who, who are the Lakers? What, what, what are the Lakers? <laughs> now, it's sad. We had a very sad day today. Kobe Bryant, I hope he was saved. I, I hope he was saved. Kobe Bryant died today. And his 13-year-old daughter and everybody. A helicopter crash in the mountains of California. <sighs> 41. Got to be ready. Yeah. Come on, hello. I, I, I pray that they were ready. Hello, I pray that at one time in their life they received Jesus in their heart. Come on. And so you have to be hungry. Spiritual hunger triggers. And then once you've had an encounter with God, then you can actually speak from that place. Right. Now, there is the real and then there is the counterfeit. Sometimes people play with false fire. Sometimes people just go with what's happening right there at the body of Christ at that moment. Like if there's just a, a sweep of, re, of joy that goes through and then preachers jump on that train for a while and then they ride that train because it's just the thing to do because everybody else is doing it. You know, when the grace message came out about 15 years ago, I, it's, I had a sinking feeling in my heart. I thought, no, 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 no. Because all of a sudden it began to sweep through the body of Christ. And now 10 years later, 15 years later, in some circles, it's turned into hyper grace that you can just do anything and everything you want to. Hello, come on somebody. And it'll be all right with the Lord. That's not true. That's not what God's grace is for. God's grace is God's ability on your inability to overcome. Come on, hello somebody. God's ability on you to actually take you through. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's grace takes me to that place. And so we, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a gospel trinity person. I want to hear the Holy Ghost and what He has to say, and I'm going to run with that. Amen. I have not left the book of Acts, chapter 2. I'm sorry, it's been around for 2,000 years, and I'm not changing now. Amen. I'm going to stick with the... Listen, the church started out drunk, and the very first church service was in the upper room, and 120 people, hello, got drunk in the holy... Why would you want to leave that? My God. My God, I just want to welcome you to happy hour tonight. Praise God. Amen. There's people out in the world are going to happy hour. Praise God right now because they got to get up tomorrow morning and go face hell. Hello, somebody with all their fellow employees and their demonized boss. Hello, somebody. Time to go get tanked before I go to work. And then they'll talk about it on Monday, about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, you going, we're going to happy hour? We have, we, a group of us are going to happy hour. What time does it start? About 5.30. 5.30 to 8, happy hour. Two for one ladies' night, and the men drink for free. Come on, just come on out. And then they'll talk about it Tuesday, because they did it Sunday, and they did it Monday, and then they're going to go to happy hour. 
Why can't we have happy hour in the church every day? Well, who says we can't have happy hour? Come on, hello, somebody. Come on, get people saved, born again, and all, try to bring them in the church and get them all dignified. We don't give them new wine to drink. We don't give them healing bread to eat. Hello? And then all the issues that they're dealing with. No wonder drunk people in the world. They, they can't deal with their problems, so they'll go have themselves an O'Doul's or whatever they have. Or whatever. I mean, I'm a, they'll have an O'Brady's or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, how could Bud Weiser make anybody wise? I think, I think Bud Weiser makes people stupid. Oh, come on, somebody. I mean, it's like the one lady in church. She said, this day is the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord has left this church, and I've written Michelob on the door. It's not Michelob. It's Ichabod. Hello, somebody. But she's, too many, she's had too many Michelobes. She must have had one before she came to church, but she prophesied that. I've written Michelob. <laughs> I've written Michelob on the door. No, it was Ichabod. The spirit has departed. She's been. Listen, they name it spirits for a reason. I'll say that again. Let me talk over here. I got enthusiasm over here. They name it spirits for a reason. You ever see? You just drive by on these you know, storefronts and it just says spirits. <laughs> well, you drive by and pick one up. Praise God. Amen. Just walk by the door and just pick one of them suckers up. And I'll have you. Come on inside. Praise God. Amen. No, spiritual hunger triggers the move of God in our lives. And the cool thing is, in these last days, people are starting to get hungry. They've been parched. They've been in the desert way too long. They're looking for the well of living water, and they're looking for the river that flows from the throne of God. Come on, hello, somebody. And fresh manna from heaven. Can you say amen? And I believe that the Spirit of God is causing it. People are getting hungry, and they're getting thirsty again. That's a good thing. Number two. So number one is spiritual hunger. Number two, how to increase God's presence in your life. Number two, honor the Holy Spirit in your life. Honor Him. Believe that He is a person, even though you cannot see Him. Listen, He's the best invisible friend you could ever have. Amen. You can even tell people, I have an invisible friend that I talk to every single day. Amen. No, actually, now you become normal with the rest of humanity. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you would not be out of place. I saw a clip of Chuck Schumer going. Did you, how many saw that clip where he walked up to somebody and he tapped somebody and then he talked to an invisible person in the chair? He actually said, Get out of my chair. <laughs> yes, I saw a video on YouTube. You can go on YouTube. And Chuck Schumer came down the aisle. He talked to somebody here and he walked over to his seat and he said, Get out of my chair. I thought, Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm serious. You can watch, you can watch it. I don't know. He was, <laughs> he must went by the spirit store. Praise God and picked him out something. Honor the Holy Spirit in your life. Webster's Dictionary of Honor is this: reverence, veneration, any act by which reverence and submission are expressed, a worship paid to a supreme being, to revere, to respect, to treat with. Difference and submission to perform relative duties to, to reverence, to manifest the highest veneration for in words and actions. To entertain the most exalted thoughts of, to worship, to adore, dignity, exalted rank or place, distinction, to glorify, to render holy. Honor. Honor the Spirit of God. 
You look from the, the ministry of the Lord Jesus to from the 12 disciples and then you see the trickle-down effect from all two, the last 2,000 years and you see that ministries and ministers and church people that gave honor to the Holy Spirit saw the greatest signs, wonders, and miracles. It just trickled down. That's who you're. That's your lineage. Hallelujah. That's where you're from. Amen. Word of faith. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Acts chapter two. That's your heritage. Amen. All the way from to Maria Woodworth Eder and Jack Coe and A. A. Allen and, and and Amy Simple McPherson and Catherine Coleman and, and Brother Hagen and A. Um, um, Raymond T. Ritchie and some you know Alexander Dowie and John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth. That that's your. Those are your spiritual fathers and mothers in the faith. You're of that lineage. Amen. That's your heritage. All the way from the disciples. And nothing deviated. I love our camp. I love the Word of Faith camp. Come on. I, I don't like the Word and Doubt and Unbelief camp. Hello, somebody. No, I love the Word camp. I love the Miracle camp. I love the Signs and Wonders camp. I love the balance between the Word and the Spirit. Not just Spirit people and not just Word people. Come on. Word and Spirit people. Yeah, I love that. And stick it right in the middle of the road. Hallelujah. So honor. Psalms 104 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God. Thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Clothed with honor and majesty. Romans 13, 7 says this, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear is due, and honor to whom honor is due. Render. Revelation 19.7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice. Give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Amen. So honor the Holy Spirit. So number one, spiritual hunger. And ask, you can ask the Lord, Lord, make me hungry. I, I, I want to be hungry. And the very fact that you actually would pray that prayer means you're in the beginning stages of hunger. Amen. Come on. When you pray, Lord, keep me from evil that I may not cause you pain, myself pain. Lord, expand my territory. Let your hand and anointing be upon me. Lord, keep me from evil that I may not cause you pain, myself pain, or anyone else's pain. And you pray the prayer of Job, which was good 4,000 years ago. It's good for today. Can you say amen? Amen. And you pray that prayer. The prayer of Jabez is nothing new. It's been around for 4,000 years. Hello, somebody. And you can pray that prayer. I pray that prayer. Lord, expand my territory. Lord, let your hand and anointing be upon me. Lord, keep me from evil. Isn't it interesting? You can actually ask the Lord to keep you from evil. So therefore, temptation comes to do something evil. God will keep you from it. That's who He is. He'll keep you from it. You're about to fall into temptation and God just goes, no, 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 son, you don't need to. No, 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 daughter, you don't need to go down that path. I'll just keep you. Jesus, come follow follow me. I'll, I'll lead you to the green pastures. I'll lead you beside still waters my goodness I'm going to be so good to you that you wouldn't want to deviate anything because I'm just too good to you you're not going to deviate from anything that's the reason why there's a rod and there's a staff come on hello somebody he's the good shepherd and all of a sudden you start wandering he just kind of takes the hook up now there you go Johnny get back in place okay Susie just get right back in place you big bad wolf get away boom Get away from my sheep. Bam. He's the good shepherd. So hunger. Number two, honor. Number three, 
Watch this. this. This is hard for some people. Sometimes it's hard for me. Surrender. Because we like to be in control. I recently read an article that people that are afraid to fly are usually in or have a fear of flying is because they're not in the cockpit driving the thing. <laughs> Come on. They have a fear to, of losing control. Come on now. But surrender is that you, you have to trust. You have to trust to surrender. So I have a, a wonderful puppy dog. Her name is Jessie. And I've studied dog nature. I'm a dog whisperer. <laughs> so their language, dog language, is body language. That's how they speak. I don't know if you know this or not, but you speak more body language than you do English. Come on. And not only that, I have a body language expert who's my wife. Praise God. Amen. And she can, she's, has studied that for years. So uh, we've had Jesse for three years now. About three years. Okay. And the Belgian Malinois are very, very pack-oriented dogs. Very pack-oriented. So you can, she, she can read my body language without even me saying that we're going to go pay Frisbee. So I just give her the look that we're going to go play Frisbee and she just goes crazy. I mean, she goes over, the, over the, starts spinning around the back door, barking and everything because we're getting ready to go play Frisbee. Praise God, amen. Frisbee's a wonderful thing. But she'll just, she'll, just, she'll just walk up to me like that and she'll look at me and I'll look at her like this. And then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, okay, we're going. This is awesome. Going to the backyard to play Frisbee. And she's had a couple accidents in the house, not because of her fault, because we didn't read we didn't read the signals because either we were busy or we were ignoring or something like that. But she has this nose nudge. It's a little bit of an, and she'll walk up to your hand and she'll just nudge your hand. And if, you're, if you ignore it, you may miss it. But that's your fault, not her fault. I mean, how would you like to be told you can't go when you haven't gone for 12 hours? The next time you're driving and I nudge you with my nose like this, you know what that means, praise God. <laughs> what are you saying? I got to go now. Okay, praise God. Come on, hello, somebody. They're, they're talking to you. Come on, hello, somebody. I mean, they see your body language. It's like uh, there was a situation where I had Jesse on the leash and another dog was coming. And I asked the owner, please don't bring your dog around my dog. Okay, but he was an idiot. <laughs> Praise God, amen, because he had a chip on his shoulder. And as he was passing by, he let the leash of the dog. Well, the dog came and lunged. And Jesse, it's a bad mistake. Bad. Don't do that. Because you have to understand that Jesse's bite is 125 pounds per pressure. Okay? And she bites every day. We, we do pull toy every day. We do arm thing at least once a week bite sleeve so she knows how she's been taught to grab a hold and not let go and these other dogs are dumb they're just dumb they just don't understand that they don't understand don't don't do it so this dog came and she might i had to pull her back she lunged and bit boom 
So she operates on body language aggression. Whether the dog was coming for me or coming for her, she operated on the aggression right. part. Okay? And so you have to learn the body language of the Holy Spirit because you can't see Him. You have to become sensitive to Him because you serve a God who's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And, you, and when it comes to God the Father, we have an understanding because the Word describes Him as a nose and eyes and a hand. And we see Jesus because He became a human being on the earth and He walked the earth. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, sometimes people have a hard time relating to Him because He's a spiritual being. Spiritual being. The Holy Spirit is not described with hands. Some of the descriptions of the Holy Spirit is uh, John the Baptist said, I saw the heavens open up and the Spirit of God descend like a dove. Right. So that gives us an indication that it's like, he was like a dove. He's not a dove, but it was like a dove enlightening. And isn't it interesting, John saw the Holy Spirit. He's not Casper the ghost. <laughs> Casper the friendly ghost. He's not Casper the friendly ghost. And he is the one who took the place of Jesus here on the earth. Amen. Jesus is not on the earth. He's at the right hand of the Father, seated in authority. And the Holy Spirit is the one who took his place. And when you read John 15 and you read John 16 and John 17, you can see that Jesus is talking about another one that he was going to send to take his place. So you have to learn to honor him in your life and you have to learn to yield to his promptings. Learn to yield to him. Learn to surrender. Now these type of services that we have on Sunday nights, these Holy Ghost services, is for you and I to become familiar with Him. So when the Holy Spirit enlightens upon you in a service like this, and you have that encounter with God, and then you're out in the world, and suddenly the same anointing that came on you in a service like this is the same anointing that came on you in Walmart, and all of a sudden your spiritual antenna goes up, and the Lord speaks to you and says, there's a lady that's five aisles over, her husband just left her, she's got five kids, she's only got ten dollars and I want you to go five aisles over, I want you to introduce yourself tell them that the church you go to and you're going to give them a hundred and fifty dollars and suddenly because of that anointing that comes on you and you walk over five hours and sure enough there she is Hello, and you walk up to that person and you say, I know you don't know me, but the Lord spoke to me five aisles over and then you're in a bad way and here's, a, here's $150 cash. This is for you. And all of a sudden she starts weeping. Hello. And you don't think she's going to ask you, who are you and what church do you go to? It's because you become sensitive to his presence in your life. And that's what these type of services are all about. So you become sensitive in your relationship with God so no matter where you're at when, when the anointing comes on you. So I prayed for, for the, the quarterback, the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers. And he's standing right next to me. And he had surgery on his hand. I think he had surgery on his foot. And I, after he took pictures, I said, Jameson, I said, I'm a pastor. Can I pray for you? He said, yes, sir, you can. And he bowed his head right there and grabbed a hold of my hand. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, I command healing power to go into his body right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as he exalts you on the football field, you will exalt him. And Father, that the plan that you have for him, he will fulfill it and the destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. And he was like, Amen. <laughs> he probably thought, this ain't no religious preacher right here. I'm going to say it right now. Oh, Father, I pray. <laughs> Hello. 
And the Bible says that God will take your gift before great men. Amen. He's going to send you that knows how to get the job done. Come on, hello somebody. Amen. Those that are experienced and skilled in the Word and the Spirit. Amen. He's going to call upon you to reach nations. He's going to call upon you to reach the lost. He's going to call upon you. I said you, 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 you. He's going to call on you. Amen. Amen. Word and spirit, people. Yes. We're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're bold as a lion. Come on, we don't cower down to the devil. He's under our feet. That's where he is. He's under our feet. Amen. I mean, my God, the next time you wake up in the morning, Satan's going to tremble. My God, they're awake again. My God, my God, help me. Cause a migraine in the kingdom of hell every day. Amen. Got another migraine? Got another migraine in the head? Good. We'll feel this. <laughs> Come on, hello. Amen. So you have to honor. Honor the Holy Spirit. You have to surrender to the Holy Spirit. The word, the Webster's Dictionary. So number one, hunger. Number two, honor. Number three, surrender. The Webster's Dictionary for surrender means this. To yield to the power of another. To yield to the power of another. Listen, when a bank robber comes in and robs a bank and he's got a mask on and he's got two brothers with him, Smith and Wesson. Praise God. Amen. And so Smith and Wesson are with him and he goes in and he says, stick him up. What's the re this is the universal sign of surrender. That doesn't matter if you're Chinese, Japanese, Hungarian. This is the, this is the universal. Hello. This is the body language universally of surrender. And so is joy. Joy is just as good in German. It's just as good, just as, good as in Chinese. You may laugh a little bit different. I mean, you may laugh within your dialect, but it's the same joy. Can you say it? I mean, if you're in a room full of Chinese people that are laughing in the Holy Ghost, it's... Okay. I'm just telling you, it's just, it doesn't matter what the dialect is. Joy is joy no matter where you're at in the world. I mean, there's really boisterous laughter, and then there are silent ones. <laughs> That's the reason why we have an oxygen tank in the back, just in case you lose oxygen. Breathe, breathe, somebody breathe. All right, James, go get the oxygen tank. This one's about to pass out from holding their breath. It's universal. So surrender, to yield to the power of an, to give or deliver up possession. To yield, to give up, to resign in favor of another. To surrender a right or a privilege. To act of, the act of yielding, resigning to one's person or possession of something into the power of another. Yielding or giving up the contest. I don't know about you, but when Jacob wrestled with God... And they had a wrestling match, and it was for hours. And he said to the Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. Talk about desperate. Yeah. Talk about... <laughs> and then when God touched him, guess what happened? He walked different. He talked different. He didn't act. God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Come on, hello, somebody. Changed his name. 
Because he, he said, I don't care if I walk different. I don't care if I talk different. I want to be changed from glory to glory. Well, let's put it in modern day terms. It'd be like you to go out in the middle of Highway I-4 and get hit by a Mack truck at 75 miles an hour. Suddenly the Mack truck stops, peels your body off of the front grill, and all of a sudden you walk home, and then people look at you and say, what happened to you? Well, I don't know. I was on I-4. I got hit by a Mack truck at 75. I'm changed. Why? Because you'd walk different. You'd talk different. You'd have, listen, I hear a Holy Ghost Mack truck coming tonight. Hey, hey! Hey, hey, hey! I hear it. It's coming. The, the, the joy truck is coming. Hallelujah. 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 Might be a little painful at first. Because change, change can be painful. Change can be painful, but it's beneficial. Come on, hello, somebody. Yeah. Change can be change can be painful, but it's beneficial. Surrender. Give up the contest. Yielding is very similar. To, very similar. Very similar. Very similar to yielding. I mean, surrender. Woo! Yeah. Surrender. Yielding is very similar to surrender. Okay. What is yielding? Producing, affording. Conceding, resigning, surrendering, allowing, inclined to give way, to comply, flexible. Gumby. There's a Gumby on Pastor Marie's desk. How many, we passed out Gumbies. How many got a Gumby? Any, on your, anybody else? We got to order some. Everybody will get a Gumby this year. How many would like to have a Gumby? Okay, we need to get a... Uh, we need to get a clipboard for all the gum. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to order some gumbies for the resource center. Okay, let's order some gumbies. Amen. How many will pay $2? Can we get $2? How many pay $5? Give me $5. How many pay $10? $10 for a gumby. I'll pay $10 for a gumby. Anybody pay $10 for a gumby? Listen, you can hardly get those. We got to go to eBay and order those suckers. Praise God. Amen. Or Amazon.com. Okay, or something to get some gumbies. And then every time you feel like you're not flexible, just break them out and start bending them and all that kind of stuff. Come on. Somebody, I'm Gumby, I'm Gumby, I'm flexible, I'm moldable, I'm shapeable. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. The word delight is not this. Kumbaya, Malone. Kumbaya. No, the word delight means to be moldable. It is not the Pentecostal charismatic bunny hop. I'm delighting myself in the Lord. Praise God, I'm delighting, I'm delighting. That is not delighting yourself in the Lord. The word delight means to be bendable, moldable, and shapeable. Then He will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look like Gumby tonight. <laughs> that was a cartoon. You need to go to YouTube and watch Gumby. I mean, the dude is, I mean, the dude is really flexible in a lot of areas of his life. It's moldable and he's flexible. Romans chapter 6 verse 13 gives us the verse for this. It says this, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness and sin, but yield yourself to God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness for God or unto God. That's Romans 6.13. Romans 6.16a says this, Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants, you are servants that obey? 
Let me read it to you again. Romans 6, 16, first part of the verse. Know ye not to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey. So that's what it is. We serve to obey. Moldable, shapeable. So back to Jesse now. So you thought I forgot. I didn't forget. So with Jesse, when you study it out, if you can stand behind your, your dog, that dog trusts you 100%. So if they're not looking over their shoulder at you and you just stand, I can have Jessie right here in front of me and she won't even, unless, unless she's waiting for a command. Or she'll be on the porch door that's opened up to the back area. She'll sit there and I'll just walk back and forth and all that kind of I can, Here's another thing. If you can pet your dog without her ears going down, because most of the time when you pet your dog, the ears go down, you know, that kind of thing, and they're running a pet. But if the dog is focused on something, and you can go behind and just pet, and the ears are straight up, that dog trusts you 100%. And that's what you have to do with the Lord. You have to trust Him. And some people have a hard time today with trust. Why? Because they've been hurt so much. they has been hurt. Hurt. But God will never hurt you. Amen. Ever. Ever. Can you say amen? Amen. Mm -hmm. Number four. Set an atmosphere in your life for the Holy Spirit. Now, how do you set an atmosphere? We did this many years ago, and we still do it today. Oh, my gosh. It was 20-something years ago. We play in our bedroom on on an iPod thing the Word of God 24-7. Right now, in my bedroom, the Word of God is playing. 24-7, 24-7, whether we're home or not, it can constantly plays. In my closet, which is my prayer room right now, we have worship music 24-7. Non-stop. I've gone through three iPods. Can we warm out? So what am I doing? I'm creating an atmosphere in my home. Hello. For, the, for God to move. We cannot tell you how many times where we're just doing devotions and the Spirit of God would just show up in our living room. We call them God moments. When we were on the road traveling, we'd be worshiping God and God would just fill the car so much so that we had to pull over to the side of the road. And we've had state troopers pull up behind us. (laughs) True story. Listen to this. True story. We were in North Carolina in the mountains and we did a revival. And we had a police officer come to the revival, a detective. The power of God hit her. She fell under the power of God. She was laughing, totally intoxicated, drunk. The friends she brought with her, totally intoxicated, drunk. They left the service intoxicated and drunk. So the police officer is driving the vehicle, and the three ladies, passenger seat, two ladies in the back, laughing uncontrollably, hysterical. And as they were going through the small towns, suddenly, the police officer pulled over another police officer. Because the police officer that was driving with the drunk ladies in the car was going 60 miles an hour through a 40 mile an hour zone. Because when you're drunk, you just don't care. Praise God. You're just... So when the police officer got pulled over, she sobered up real quick. But the other three ladies were like, ah! I mean, they're carrying on. I mean, just they weren't driving. Praise God. Amen. The police officer was driving. So all of a sudden, the police officer, he radioed for another backup, and another car pulled up. So he walked up. He said, driver's license registration, ma'am. 
yes, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry. And the, the girls, ah! I mean, they're just laughing. And the police officers, the, she was like, shh, quiet. I'm going to get so in trouble with my supervisor. I'm going to get in so trouble. <laughs> Driver's license and registration, ma'am. Yes. Um, where have you been tonight? <laughs> Officer. <laughs> We just got back from church. <laughs> this late at night? Yes, sir. We were in revival services. Okay, just stay seated. We're going to check this out. <clears throat> so all of a sudden, he goes and runs everything, and he comes back, and he says, uh, Ma'am, let me ask you a question. I said, Where were you all tonight? I said, um, We were in church, sir. And um, he said, um, Would that be a Pentecostal church, ma'am? <laughs> she said, Yes, sir, it would be. He said, carry on. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> and come to find out he was a Pentecostal preacher. Oh, Just carry on. And they sat and then they're like, ah! for like another 15 minutes while the police officers were behind them and all like that. Just carry on, ma'am. <laughs> now, I know a lot of the Plant City police officers around here, so if you get intoxicated and you get pulled over, just have them call me and I'll verify. Praise God. Amen. They're good. They're good. <laughs> they're good, Officer Carmack. They're good. They're, they're good, Chief Duncan. They're good. Praise God. Amen. They just came from her. <laughs> Oh, that would be like stinking awesome. <laughs> Praise God, amen. Not that you get pulled over. I'm just saying that you, that you go home drunk tonight. <laughs> so you set an atmosphere in your life. So if you don't have praise and worship music going on in your home, just go. Just download a whole bunch, put it on a, and let it play constantly. If you don't have the word on an iPod or something like that, boom, download the word. Play it. Now listen, I, I have to give you some warning because there's some warning, label warnings with this. When you start doing this, don't be surprised if all hell breaks loose. I'm not kidding. That's right. And just, just, just bear it. It'll go away. Because all the demons that want to try to keep you from the Word of God and all those spirits, that, and there'll be opposition. Just, just the spirit of Antichrist in the air. Come on, hello. You're going to feel it. Just recognize it. Hello, just recognize it and just keep on. Keep on. Listen, when we started doing that for a whole week, we were like serious fisticuffs. My computer crashed. I mean, it was like, what the heck? And this was many years ago. Like all hell broke loose. So we just started playing praise and worship, leading worship music in our house and, and things like setting an atmosphere, setting an atmosphere. You're setting an atmosphere for the glory of God. Hello? Amen. Setting an atmosphere. Praise and worship in your house allows you to enter into the secret place. Because praise and worship is the secret place. What is praise? This is, here, here's the definition of praise. Praise is the expression of gratitude for personal favors conferred, a glorifying and extolling, to extol in words or song, to magnify, to glory on account of perfections or excellent works, to do honor to, display the excellence of. In Psalms 34, 1 through 4, it says this, the Psalm of David, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The 
humble shall hear and therefore be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So there's something about praise. When fear comes in, you start praising. When enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of God sets a standard against him. When all these things come, I sing praises to your name. Come on. When it's coming at you, that's when you start praising. Instead of panicking, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Start praying. I'm just going to lift my hands and see the waters part. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to praise Which is totally the absolute opposite of what we've been taught in situations. Come on, we start to panic. Oh my gosh, wringing our hands. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Listen, you cannot prevent the trials and tribulations that come to your life. Jesus said you will have trials and tribulations. Then he said, be of good cheer. If I overcome the world, then you can do it too. So instead of trying to prevent trials and tribulations, just go through them and allow those trials and tribulations to perform character, integrity. Come on now. God's not going to test you with evil, but he'll test your faith. Because he already said you're going to have trials and tribulations. Come on. Listen, you're going through the valley of the shadow of death. You're not camping. It's the shadow you're going through. You're not even in the valley. It's the shadow. Don't put a pub tent there. Come on. Come on now. Don't don't camp out in the valley. You're not even in the... You're going through the valley of the shadow of death. You're not even in the valley of death. It's the casting of the shadow that you're going through. Praise the Lord. It's a good word. What is worship? Worship is excellence of character, dignity, worth, worthiness, a title of honor used in addressing certain magistrates or other respectable character, a term of ironical respect, to adore, to pay divine honors to, to reverence, with supreme respect, veneration, to honor with extravagant love, extreme submission as a lover. That's worship. You know, we've actually changed some of the words to some of the songs that have come out. Because some of them are just way too feminine. <laughs> There's a song that's out on Joy FM talking about the honey of my, your presence like the honey, like honey on my lips. I'm like, I, I am not singing that. <laughs> Honey on my lips. Jesus ain't got honey on his lips. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not singing sloppy wet kiss. I'm not going to sing it. I'm not singing sloppy wet kiss. He is a hurricane. I am a tree. Bend in mercy. I don't know. It's like a sloppy way. I'll peck Jesus on the cheek, but I ain't kissing him. <laughs> and I probably wouldn't even touch him with my lips. It'd be. I'm serious. <laughs> where's, this, where's this stuff coming from? So we changed some of the words. If you notice praise and worship, it was totally vertical. Amen. That's right. Vertical. 
It's about Him. It's about His export. It's us worshiping Him. It's glorifying. We want God's presence? Oh, that's the key right there, folks. I'm just telling you right now. You want God's presence to fill your house? You start giving Him praise and exalting Him. Come on, hello. Well, isn't the bride of Christ the church? Yeah, but it's not in female gender, folks. It's in relationship. It's not male-female gender. Jesus' body ain't female. I got news for you right now. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus was a man's man. Listen, he didn't have power tools back then 2,000 years ago. He did everything by hand. Come on, hello, somebody. And when he went into the temple to kick butt, nobody messed with him. Turning the money tables over. My house be called a... Nobody... <laughs> Listen, Jesus is the creator of Muay Thai. Hello, somebody. Jesus is the creator of karate. Jesus is the creator of jujitsu. And he knew them all. That's right. He'd rear naked choke you before you even discovered what rear naked choke was. <laughs> Satan's too stupid to come up with any of that stuff. Gee, Pastor, you think really differently. Yeah, praise God, amen. Mind renewal. <laughs> there is no feeling like when you get somebody in a rear vascular restraint. I was going to tell you right now, it absolutely is the most amazing thing. It's an amazing thing to get somebody in an Ezekiel choke, especially when they're trying the old man. When they try the old man, okay, don't try the old man, please. Because within four to six seconds, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Praise God, amen. Watch me, nay, nay. Right? <laughs> Excellence of character is a part of worship. Excellence of character. When you have traveled as much as Pastor Marie and I have traveled, and you go into all kinds of churches, you can see all kinds of things. And then when you talk to 25 pastors before you plant a church 10 years ago of what you would have done, what you wouldn't have done, what was the best things you did, and then you take all of the excellence and you put it in one place, it will make some people choke. They'll choke on it because they're so used to chaos and so used to being used up and burnt out. Let me make this announcement. You will never get burnt out in, in the service team here. Amen. I'm telling you, we don't do it. The burnout comes for what a person did all week long and then they're blaming God that they get burned out in church. What? This is a place of refreshing. This is, the, this is the place where the well of living water is. This is where the river that flows from the throne on the east side of God comes. Hello? Balance. Balance. Man, I've been a Christian for almost 40-something years. And hello? Do I look burned out to you? I've never felt burnout. Sometimes I think it just to be easier just to be an usher. Be a part of security. I, 
That's what I'd do. I'd be part of the security team at church. And then I'd be down here vacuuming and I'd be doing serving. It would be so much easier. I'm just being honest. Just love the Lord and serve the Lord in the Lord's house. I'll be like Obadidim. You know who Obadidim is? If you don't know Obadidim, he was the guy that was when uh, King David to go get the ark and they put the ark up on the cart, right? And Uzziah touched it and he fell over dead. And so they stuck the cart, the ark in Obadidim's house because they weren't properly handling the presence of God. No, there was a certain way that God had ordained and orchestrated that you have to do it this way so that if there's oxen that stumbles, you won't be doing it because you're carrying it on the poles like you should be. Right. And you qualify to, to be a, a pole bearer of the, of the presence of Almighty God. Come on, hello somebody. <clears throat> so they stuck it in Obedino's house. In a period of about 90 to 120 days, God's presence blessed Obadidim that all of a sudden his flocks began to triple in size, number in size, his investments tripled in size, numbered in size, so much so that word got back to King David. And then King David was like, well, duh. Maybe we need to go get God's presence and bring it in so everybody can enjoy God's presence. And Obadidim wasn't even of the tribe of Levi, which were the priests. But you know what Obadidim did? When God's presence left his house, he's like, my God, i got to be around God. Maybe I could just be a gatekeeper. I mean, I'll volunteer. I'll just serve because i got to get around God's presence. And if I've served faithful, maybe I get to go into the inner court. And then if I get to go into the inner court, maybe I get to go into the Holy of Holies because I want to stand right next to that curtain. I want to be around God's presence because I can't live without God's presence. Amen. Am I helping somebody tonight? Excellence of character, dignity, worth, worthiness. We can't allow Satan's group of people beat us out in their false praise and their false worship of a dead God that doesn't even exist. That's the reason, I guess it was, who was it, Daniel King? said, I like this church because it's really squishy up here. And then he realized, yeah, because people fall under the power of God, you might as well make it comfortable for them. Praise God, amen. He said, that's prior proper planning. I was like, there, there she is, all of her glory. Worship. Listen to Psalms 86, verse 9. It says, All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. Psalms 95, 6. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us worship and bow down. We can't allow Muslims to beat us out and bowing down. They bow down three times a day. It doesn't matter where they're at. Downtown, they bow down. In the airport, they bow down. Three times a day they do that. To the east. Satan stole it. Stole it from the church. Psalms 96.9, O worship the Lord in His beauty of holiness, fear before Him all the earth. 
Psalms 97.7, confounded be all that serve graven images that boast themselves in idols of worship all ye gods. Psalm 99.5, exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool for he is holy. Psalms 99 verse 9, exalt the Lord our God, worship at his holy hill for the Lord God is holy. Amen. Psalms 132 verse 7, we will go into the tabernacles and we will worship at his footstool. What does that mean? You bow down, you kneel down, you worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the fear of man brings a snare. Amen. Be afraid. You don't have to be afraid here of kneeling down, going over in the corner and laying down. I remember when James and Rhonda and his family first came to us. We were over at Alexander and when, they, when he showed up, he had damaged his back in a bad way. He was a pipe fitter. But there's sprinkler systems in it. And he damaged his back so much so that when he got out of the car, he was, he was crying because of the pain was so severe. All he, and they had to help him in. And when a man's man's got tears running down his face, you know the dude's in pain. Hello. So you know what they did? They brought him in and they laid him in the back on the floor. And he stayed the whole service. And when I felt prompted by the Holy Ghost, I went, laid hands on him and God miraculously healed his back. Amen. Because he came to sit in an atmosphere of the Word and the Spirit. Is that right, Brother James? Yeah. Alright, so number one, we'll get to number one and we're going to get to number five because I only got two more. Number one, hunger. Number two, honor. Number three, total surrender. Uh, number four, uh, set an atmosphere in the Holy Spirit of your life. Alright, number five, Trust the Holy Spirit. You have to trust Him that He'll lead you. Trust Him. Learn to develop the voice of God in your life. You have an ear to hear. And you hear Him. And John 10, 4 and 5 says this, And when He put forth His own sheep, He goeth before them, and the sheep follow Him, for they know His voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from Him, for they know not the voice of strangers. And John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear My voice, I know them, and they follow Me. So it's important that you get to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you how you develop that. You have to read the Word in your life. Because this is God speaking. Amen. And you can, get, you, can, you can understand how He speaks because this is what He speaks. It's the Word. So when you, when you develop, when you read the Word, you are actually hearing Him speak. And the way He speaks is in His Word. It's, it's not Elizabeth language. It's, it's, the, it's the, the power behind it. It's the, the indication behind it, whatever it is. Even though it's Elizabethan, Spanish, German, whatever it is. It's the Word of God. And you, you're putting it in your heart. Because Psalms 119 verse 11 says, That word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. So you put the Word in you. And then when God speaks, you're like, oh yeah. Because He will never speak contrary to His words. Right. Ever. Come on. Amen. And you can't go wrong with this. Amen. It's the words of life. It will bring life to whatever's dying. That's right. Amen. So it's developed to hear the voice of God. You have to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. If you are struggling with hearing the voice of God, and that's the reason why you're... I saw somebody post something that it's very unpopular today to have a pastor in your life. I thought, my God. And several people wrote, Yes, well, you know, hallelujah, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need any other shepherd but the Lord. Okay, well then have Jesus appear at your funeral and, and, and say a few words. 
And then when you want to get married, just go to the, go to the throne of God, hallelujah, and stand up there by yourself. And then re- recite the marriage vows to one another. And then all, the, all of a sudden, you, and then make sure you sign the marriage license and make it legal because the Bible talks about, you know, obeying the laws of the land. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's a sad day when somebody who dies, who has not been in church and does not have a pastor, and all of a sudden the family is stuck. What are we going to do? I guess we could call 1-800-RENT-A-PASTOR. <laughs> Pay him $250 to say a few words. Well, I really don't know this person. I'm not really sure if they're in heaven or in hell because I didn't really know them that much. I mean, I just didn't know who they were, you know. But I'm just going to say some nice things about Billy Bob. Praise God, amen. And I really don't know his character or anything, but you know what? I looked in the coffin. He sure has nice teeth. That's a wonderful thing to see that. He's got wonderful dentures. I don't know if they were real, his real teeth or they were you know, manufactured. But uh, he's just, he, And his hair's come really nice and everything like that. I don't, I don't know. And his wife's going, oh, he was a hellion. You don't know. I mean, he was, and then you're trying to tell, you're trying to preach him into heaven. Praise God, Amen. I mean, he was hell on earth to live with, the drunkard. One eight hundred. Rent a pastor. Wow. To come say a few words at your funeral. You think I'm kidding? It's almost as easy as getting your doctorate of ministry, pay $19.95, and they send you a certificate, and now you have a doctorate of ministry, and things like that. You have a certificate, you can hang on the wall. Praise God, I'm a doctor of ministry now. Well, how did you get that? Well, I, I paid $19.95, and they actually sent me a certificate that says doctor of ministry, and now I'm an ordained minister. I paid $39.95 for the ordination, and $19.95 for the certificate. It cost me $69.95, and now that I can marry and I can bury. Oh, wow. We know people that have done that. (laughs) And we said nothing. It was great restraint. We're learning. We are so learning to restrain ourselves. When somebody busts a move on you that's living like the devil, and then they suddenly, oh, by the way, I'm an ordained minister now. Well, how, how did you do that? Oh, I went online and I paid $69.95 and I now have a certificate and now I can marry and bury in the state of Florida. Do you, do you ever think that you are like in a bad episode? <laughs> cold and naked or something like that. I mean, a bad episode of cold and naked. I mean, I... I <laughs> is, is that what the name of that show is? What's the name of that show? Oh. How would you know? He said, How was James like, naked and afraid? I'm like, What? What the? <laughs> I have to. <laughs> is, is there an episode? That's right, it's called Naked and Afraid. Have you ever been on a bad episode of Naked and Afraid? Because when somebody looks at you and says, I'm an ordained minister now, and they got it for $69.95, and they actually perform a wedding. Wow. And signed the, the marriage certificate. Scary. Oh. I wouldn't want to stand before the throne of God and answer that one. 
Number six and final one, because this sermon's been like the mercy of the Lord. It's enduring forever. Praise God. Number six. Believe God, and He will do miracles in your life. I think maybe one of the number one downfalls in the body of Christ is unbelief. People just don't believe. They don't believe like they used to. You know? They don't believe that miracles are today. They don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They, they, they have a hard time believing that God is going to come through from them. They're having a hard time believing preachers and, and proclaimers of the gospel that are actually really proclaiming the gospel. Because maybe they, they've projected that God is going to do all kinds of things that God's about to move in your life. God's about to bring you out to bring you in. God's about. And then you're like 10 years later and I'm thinking, well, when is God going to do it? Because the preacher said, God's about. He's about to bring you out to bring you in. He even waves his hanky and everything like that in a church service. Gets on the pew, starts sweating like profusely and all that kind of stuff to the point that as he's preaching, you can't even understand what he's saying. Like, what is he saying? I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Have you ever been in a church service where the words were so over your head and you're thinking, my God, what did the man just say? I've been in a service like that. I'm like, what? Sound like a politician or something like that. You, know, and you ask them a certain question and they skirt the whole thing and then you, you, after 10 minutes of their answering you totally forgot what the question was that they were actually asked. What? Have you ever been around a bunch of somebody that's ever talked about a bunch of nothing? Yeah. You know? I mean, what, are you, what are you saying? What? Then you have to believe God. Acts 2.22 says, You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, you also know. So watch it. The approval. The approval. The approval on Jesus' body is that there will be miracle signs and wonders. Did he not say right here? Let me read it to you again. Acts 2.22. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus, a man approved. Approval. The approval of God. A man approved of God. How? By miracles, signs, and wonders which God did by him in the midst of you, as yourselves also know. The, the approval of a ministry, the approval of Jesus' ministry, the approval upon your lineage of where you come from is a background of signs, wonders, and miracles confirming the Word of God. Amen. God does not confirm opinion. He confirms His Word. The Bible says His Word does not return to Him void. It, it goes forth to accomplish that what it is sent. So the approval of God, signs, wonders, and miracles, following the preaching of the Word. So God, it's like God will back up what is preached out of His Word. Acts 6, 7, Acts 6, 8 says this, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Stephen... He wasn't even a five-fold minister. He was a deacon. He was in the ministry of helps, and he did great signs and wonders and miracles. Galatians chapter 3, verse 5. Ye therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? So it's not the works of the law. It's the produce of faith that produces the miracles and the healing. That's the reason why we teach faith and things like that, and we believe God. If you believe God for miracles, miracles will happen. Hebrews 2.4, I'll finish with this. God, all, God also bearing them witness with what? Signs and wonders with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His own will. So God backing up His Word 
with signs, wonders, and miracles. If you read in the book of John, I think um, chapter, it's the last book of John, it says there were so many things that Jesus did. Couldn't write them down. It's not what he said. What he did. What he said is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are actually those men's perspective of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And what he said. So the miracles and the signs and the wonders compared to what he said was far more numerous than the words that he spoke. But the words that he spoke were so relevant to our day that it will take you through into the next millennium. And that you will be able to live a godly life, a godly holy life. Because he was the example for you and I to live. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Yeah. So these are things that will help you increase God's presence in your life. That's just paying the, that's part of paying the price. What I just shared with you is part of paying the price. One more thing. Catherine Coleman said this. She said, Catherine Coleman, she spoke about herself, she said, dies a thousand deaths before she ever gets up on the platform. And she said the hardest thing that any Christian will ever do is to die to self. That's the hardest thing we'll ever do. It's to die to self. That's a hard thing to do. To die to yourself. Amen. 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 All right, so real quickly, we'll go over it again. Number one, hunger. Number two, honor. Number three, total surrender. Number four, set an atmosphere in your life with the Holy Spirit. It comes through praise and worship. Number five, trust the Holy Spirit. Number six, believe God. He will do miracles. Believe God. Can you say amen? Ah, Come on, lift your hands toward heaven if you would. Father, we love you tonight. We bless you tonight. We praise you and we exalt you tonight. Oh, Spirit of the living God, we thank you for the anointing. We thank you for joy. We thank you for peace. Hallelujah. We glorify you. We bless you. Yes, I will. Hallelujah. Glorify your name. Yes, I will. Sing for joy. Yes, I will. All my days. All my days. I will, I will, I will, I will. I yield. I will surrender. I will give up the contest. I will do it. Thank you, Father. Glorify your holy name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost if you do. I'm not going to miss out. And I'm not going to fall out. I'm going to run my race. I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to finish it with joy. That's right. I'm going to finish it with joy. I'm going to finish it with peace. I'm not going to give place to the devil in my life. I'm not going to give place in my marriage. I'm not going to give place in my finances. I'm not going to give. I make a covenant of holiness. I make a covenant of prosperity. I make a covenant of miracles and signs and wonders. I'm not going to give place to the devil in my life. I'm not going to give place to him. No, 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 no. I'm going to rise above the dildrums of this life. I'm going to mount up as wings as eagles and I'm going to fly above the dildrums of this life. Yeah, I'm going to run with the fire. I'm going to run with the flood. I'm going to stay with the rain of the former and the latter rain. I'm going to stay with the joy. I'm going to stay with miracles. I'm going to stay
pray with faith. Ha ha! I'm not going to fall out. I'm going to keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep on pressing in. I'm going to keep on changing. Keep on rearranging. Keep on growing. I'm not going under. I'm going over. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Oh, if God is for me, then who could ever be against me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, yeah. No weapon. They may form, but they will not prosper. Those weapons will not prosper in my marriage. They will not prosper in my finances. They will not prosper with my children. They will not prosper in my job. They will not prosper in my business. No, 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 no. On the increase. On the increase. On the win. On the win, we win, we win. On the win, we win, we win. On the win, we win, we win. I will not be defeated, and I will not quit. I will not be defeated, and I will not quit. Oh, my son, Rebecca, Bovaba, Ramonda. I'm going over. I'm not going under. I'm not drowning. No, I'm swimming. No, I'm even walking on the water. Hallelujah. 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 I will fulfill my destiny. I will complete the race. I will do what God has called me to do. Ain't no devil. Ain't no Satan. Ain't no person going to stop me because I'm a running my race. I'm a running my race. I'm a finishing my course. I will end with joy, with peace. I will run it. I will run it. I will finish it. And I will hear, well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest. Enter the rest I have for you, says the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to make it. You're going to overcome. Oh, the greater one is on the inside of you. Oh, the greater one, the greater one. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, ha. Yeah, with joy. With joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, yeah, my soul. More of me. More of you. Less of me. More you increase, I decrease. You increase, I decrease. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah. Corremene, Missitea, Orecitele, Purmede, Monchicere, 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 Carasara, Barbara, Berberum, Borbore, Drima. Oh, ah, ah, in that presence, in that presence is fullness of joy. In that presence is life evermore. In that presence, oh, the glory, the glory of God, the cabal of God, the heaviness of His presence. Oh, I'm sensitive, I'm sensitive, I'm yielded, I'm surrendered, I'm molded. I'm bendable. No, no, I can't. I'm patient. Yeah, patient. Oh, yeah, my second man. Man, they do you get to Dashuna, 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 Kala, Palakatala. Yeah, Kerry, Kerry, Bury, Oh, man, man. Healed and whole and healthy. Yeah, strong. I'm strong in the Lord, in the power of His mind. Strong in Him. Run, I say, Killable. Ah, the waves of refreshing. New wave. Wave. New waves. Waves of refreshing. Times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Times. Times of refreshing. Times of fulfillment. Times of. Yesterday is gone. Today's a new day. A new season. A new chapter. Oh, yeah. It's just going to get gooder and gooder and gooder and gooder. 
glitter and brighter and brighter to the noonday sun. Yeah, oh man, he's coming back. Coming back soon. Look up. Look up your redemption draw at night. Look up. Look up. Yeah, yeah, it's all about. Oh, my staying with the word. Staying with the spirit. Staying in faith. Ah, yeah, sex. Staying with the gifts of the spirit. Staying with the supernatural. Not leaning to the left or the right. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Stay on the path. Stay on the path. Oh, yeah, no, not the wide path, but the narrow path. Now you found it. You found it. Yeah, you're the few that have found it. Yeah, yeah, the narrow path. The straight and narrow path. Yeah, you have found it. You have found it. You have, no, no, no. You're not going with the multitude. You're going with the few. Yeah, the few that have found it. You have found it. Oh, my sake. Yeah, yeah, one. You're the remnant. You're the remnant. You're the remnant that will usher in the greatest revival that has ever happened in all of history. You are the ones that will usher it in. You're the hungry ones. You're the thirsty ones. You're the ones. You're the ones. The chosen ones. The chosen ones to usher in this last day in time. Revive them. Yeah. And I will, I will magnify myself in you. And the glory of the Lord will shine out of you. And the power of God will heal the sick. That the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk. And even your shadow will pass by. And those, ah, it's coming. It's coming those days. Those days are coming again. That even the shadows of the apostles, the glory of God that portrayed it. For, yes, yes. Will heal the sick and the blind and the deaf and the lame and the mute and the demonized. Yeah. Oh, my, on the verge, right on the verge, right on the verge, right on the verge, in the beginning, the misting, it's misting, it's misting, it's beginning to mist. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand, oh, in the horizon, I see it, I see it. Oh, yes, I am your king. Yeah, I see it. I see the cloud about the size of a man's hand. It's about to deluge. It's about to downpour all over the world. All over the world. All around the world. All around the world. You were set in this season, in this time, for this reason, for such a time as this. Even my prophets of old long for the days that you are living in. Because it would be so simple. It would be so simple. You lay hands on a cripple, and it would be just like it was when Peter pulled up the crippled man at the gate, beautiful. And he said, silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have I give unto you. Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. It will be faith. It will be your faith in the name of Jesus that will raise up that poor person. They won't even have to have any faith. It will be your faith. Your faith in the name. Your faith in the name. Your faith in the name. Your faith in the name will raise the dead. Your faith in the name will make the crippled man walk. Your faith in the name will make the blind see. Your faith in the name will make the deaf hear. Your faith in the name. And people will say, well, what happened? Oh, it was by faith in the name. It was by faith in the name that you see this man hold before you. And you'll even use those words when they begin to ask and question what's the hope that you have. Why are you so bold and why, why are you so strong and why are you so confident? All hell's breaking loose and you're so confident and you have great peace. <laughs> great peace and great joy. So get ready. Things have changing. Things have begun. God will have his way. He will have his way. Hallelujah.
because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. <laughs> he is the beginning and he is the ending. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Sikhanu. He is. He is. He is your Jehovah Jireh. He is your Elohim. He is. He is and always will be and always has been. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.